Amber Brown, podcaster in the accounting, finance, and fintech space. Our flagship show, Accounting Influencers, is now one of the world's leading podcasts in this genre and has a number of spin off shows over the years. This particular show is now focusing on talent, which, let's face it, is one of the biggest challenges for the accounting world at the moment. And the format stays the same. I interview the experts, the influencers, and the leaders in many different aspects of culture, talent employer brand succession, talent attraction, retention, soft skills, accounting credentials, qualifications, leadership, mental well-being, the brand of the profession, employee value propositions, employee engagement, increasing capacity and headcount in accounting firms, career development, and the usual HR, learning development, DEI, the great resignation, a ton of other talent-related issues in accounting. And whether you're hiring or being hired, happy where you are or considering a move, leading or following, employed or self-employed, totally skilled up and super employable or needing to refresh your skills, sharpen your personal brand. This is the perfect podcast for you accounting, finance and tech professionals to stay competitive, relevant and informed about all things talent in accounting. So let's get moving with today's show. Influencers Broadcast Network presents Influencers in Accounting with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Brought to you by Advanced Track. Welcome to our Influencers in Accounting podcast. On behalf of the Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network, it's Rob Brown here. Thrilled to have with me today, all the way from Texas, Jackie Meyer. Hello to you, Jackie. Hello, Rob. Thanks for having me. Jackie, for people that haven't come across you, tell us a bit about what you do and your journey to how you got there. Oh gosh, a little too much. Uh, I run three companies. I have my CPA firm, Meyer Tax, which specializes in high net wealth concierge uh, clientele. Then I have a coaching company for accountants called Certified Concierge Accountant. And then uh, during the pandemic, I decided to become a software developer. So I run Tax Plan IQ, which is a tax planning software for accountants. And I have no idea how I got here, but uh, for some reason, I my passion and purpose kind of aligned with uh, taxes and tax planning. But really what was unique is that I realized I loved working with accountants, other accountants more than taxpayers directly. And so I, you know, I've gotten into the coaching and the tax planning software, and I just love seeing the improvements that accountants can make there. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today is accountants as coaches and how coachable they are themselves and how good they are at coaching other people. So uh, let's just take you back to your school days. Were you always a geek with the numbers and were you always destined to be an accountant? Um, no, I wanted to be a dancer when I was young. Then I wanted to be a psychologist in high school. And um, I got to know an adult that was a psychologist and they were crazy. So I decided I'm not going to go down that path. Um, but in business seemed easy, you know, you could do anything in the business field. So I just went with general business finance and I started working for this tiny CPA firm in Fort Worth, Texas, and he had me doing uh, tax prep and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the detective work of figuring out, you know, new deductions and solutions for the taxpayers. And then I went back and got my master's in accounting and now I'm doing a doctorate. Well, it's in leadership, not accounting, but you know, it all comes together. So are you unusual? Do you think with the accountants that you talk to with the breadth of interest that you have? Uh, I think 
uh, the passion that I have around it can be a little unusual <laughs> and maybe over the top sometimes, but uh, it also can be really invigorating for accountants that need it. Because when we talk about accountants, CPAs, they're not necessarily known for their entrepreneurial ambitions. You've started a software company, a coaching company, a CPA firm, and you're passionate about tax. So that sounds unusual. <laughs> well, I guess we're all a little quirky in our own special ways, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. How would you describe the kind of shape the accounting profession is in right now, Jackie, from where you look? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, as of this year, it's the worst tax season yet for accountants. Why is that? Yeah, why is that? That is what we're all trying to figure out. It, it feels like every year people say it was the worst season, but there's it's cyclical typically with like new tax law that's released and things like that. And there weren't a ton of tax changes this year, um, but it was still the worst year ever for accountants. I think that there's a lot of the great resignation that, that's going on with staffing people losing staff left and right, no matter how great your culture is. So people say, oh, just have a great culture and you're fine. Nope, that's that doesn't do it anymore. And um, there's accountants that are just burned out, just like the rest of the world with, you know, post-COVID stuff going on. And so we're just living in a really different environment where people are focusing more on their personal health and happiness versus like, hey, what's my nine to five going to be? And how am I going to make sure that I get paid? You know, and it's just a crazy world. The U.S. is well known for its very long tax seasons and busy periods. We have a couple of months in the U.K. where it's particularly frenetic, but uh, it seems to go on a long time over there. Yeah, and I'm on this new committee with the AICPA called the WOW Committee, um, which is kind of a silly acronym, but it's called the Ways of Working. And it we're supposed to be working with the IRS and the government and accountants to figure out if our deadline is appropriate or if it needs to be pushed even longer, because accounts are saying that workload compression is the biggest problem that they're having with busy season. But there's not a, there's not a straight answer here. There's not an easy answer, because if we make the deadline later, it might just push more people to procrastinate to later. Yeah, you just kick it down the road, don't you? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a really interesting committee. It's interesting. We're interviewing you know attorneys that have worked with the IRS, things like that, and we don't really have a great solution yet, but uh, I definitely want to hear from the accounting profession on their ideas. You mentioned you're doing a qualification in leadership. Is it a master's you said you were doing? A doctorate. Okay, which is even bigger and harder than a master's. <laughs> Clearly got more time on your hands than most accountants and CPAs, Jackie. How coachable are you as an individual? You clearly have a, a thirst for knowledge and a hunger for excelling yourself. I do. I am really, really coachable unless it's the first time uh, someone does something negative to me. <laughs> so let me explain that. Um, <clears throat> I think the first time that I ever had an upset client in my firm, I got super defensive because it was so personal to me. But the more stuff like that happens to you, the more you can let it roll off your back. Um, but yeah, I love learning. I love education. I'm really, really open to coaching. I have like four different coaches myself. Um, and I, I definitely advocate for it for other people. It's really, really necessary in our industry because we're taught how to do the numbers and stuff, but we're not taught how to run a practice. We're not taught how to do HR. Uh, we're not taught how to do marketing. We don't do any of that stuff. We just fall into it and hope for the best. And so this is how you can solidify those things and not have to reinvent the wheel. Why do you need a coach though for that? Isn't it incumbent on the firm that you work for to provide you with the professional development and skills development that you need to 
proceed and, and admittedly you own the firm so you're you're in charge there but anybody listening would say well that's my employer's job to do that <laughs> well i mean i worked at deloitte for just under two years just got my time in there and didn't learn squat i uh, went to a smaller local cpa firm about 15 to 20. i did learn a lot about practice management there but um you know marketing and other factors you learn exactly just what that person can bring to the table or what those partners can bring to the table which there's typically something unique and special to, to every firm out there hopefully um but it's not all encompassing and it's not going to continue to educate you for the rest of your life and so we're just bringing new concepts and tried and true things that accountants aren't familiar with that are making things better for them day to day. There's a movement called 702010. We've had them on our show. And it talks about the way people learn new skills and taking information. And so take an account of they would learn 70% of what they need to know on the job. They learn it as they're doing it, making mistakes on the cold face. 20% they learn from informal or formal mentoring and coaching from their peers and superiors in a firm. And 10% is through formal learning in the classroom or CPD, CPE, whatever you call it. So when you look at how they upskill and stay relevant, a lot of that happens by accident, sometimes informally, but you're very intentional with the coaches you source and the learning you set up for yourself, aren't you? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, I mean, I was, I was hard to sell to begin with too, to pay thousands of dollars for a coach. It's a huge investment. Uh, everyone always says, oh, let me run it by my spouse or significant other. And then they're like, no, don't do it. That's crazy. <laughs> and then the ones that happen to go further with it and, you know, go for it and get the coaching, they never regret it. Um, so, it, you know, I understand it's a huge investment. I understand it's investment of time and money and you're putting some risk out there. But uh, I think any improvement is good improvement for people. Now, you coach accountants. How coachable are they as a breed? Not very. <laughs> <laughs> we all are the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Um, we already know what we know. We don't want to change. We have very introverted or specific personality types. Um, but when you're working with clientele and with your team, you actually have to learn to adapt to other personality styles. You have to learn to adapt to, um, you know, different ways that people like to communicate. And so that's actually one of the topics that we, te that we teach and coach on is um, adapting to other people's <laughs> needs, which is difficult for accountants to do. Well, humans are complex creatures, aren't they? So getting the nuances and behaviors of them is difficult at the best of times. And I guess that's why accountants love the black and white. It's just the numbers. But increasingly, accountants need to get to the people behind the numbers to stay relevant and competitive. Would you go along with that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we love the numbers. It's easy. It's black and white. There's not a whole lot of emotion that has to go along with it. But at the end of the day, accountants still want to help people just like everybody else. We all want to help people. And so in our, you know, in any way that we can, and we have to have those relationships or else what's the point? When you talk to accountants who are looking for a coach, what kind of questions do you ask them? Because there's a lot of different motives for wanting a coach. Some people, for instance, do it under duress. They've been told that there's an area they need to work on and they need to get some external help. Some do it because they think it's a good idea. So talk to us a little bit about those questions. Yeah, well, the first question is actually when you ask me, you know, are, are you coachable? Right. 
are you open and ready uh, to implement? But isn't that rhetorical? Doesn't everyone think that they're coachable? No, they don't. Accountants are really straightforward. They're like, you know what? I'm not. I'm not. This isn't going to work for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They're pretty straightforward. (laughs) And then also it's about, I think, personality fit with myself, my co-coaches in them as well. So we all have kind of a different way. I'm, you know, I try to be the nice guy, the funny one, you know, I tr- well, I'm not funny, but you know, happy, make sure they're happy. My co-coach Chuck Bauer is very like a drill sergeant. Um, he'll call people out in a split second on things. I do that too sometimes, but it depends on, on my mood. Um, and so everyone's not for everyone. And so you have to have a good fit with the personality of your coach. Uh, as well as the content that they're bringing to the table. That's an interesting point. I often tell the story of how my wife and I met at a health club, a gym, and we were both going in the morning and I would jump into a circuit class with a sergeant major type that would say, hey, Brownie, you piece of dirt, give me 50 more push-ups at 7 a.m. And my wife would put a lycra on and, and she'll kill me for saying this, but she'd totter around the gym and do her own thing. She didn't want to be shouted at in the morning. If you shouted at her at seven o'clock in the morning, you'd get a slap. So we're all different, aren't we? We're all looking for something different to motivate us and find our style. Some people like an arm around the shoulder. Some like it really, really straight. Do you find that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Everybody's motivated by different things, and they're going to uh, perform differently based on you know how they're treated. Um, but that's part of being a coach is like figuring out what's going to motivate them the best. A, you know, a lot more people than you would expect are not motivated by money. Um, they're, they have this like pride of wanting to be successful. They have this need to help people. Um, there's all kinds of motivations that are really noble, um, and that we try to play on. Talk to us about some of the red flags that an accountant might come up against that would warrant the need for a a conversation about a coach at least. Mm, That's a good, good question. Well, you mentioned earlier that I have more time than most, and that's not true. (laughs) We all have the same amount of time. Uh, It's how we use it. And so if I hear an accountant say, I'm just too busy, I'm just too busy, I'm just too busy. That's a red flag. Yeah, that's a huge red flag. They have to decide to break themselves out of that cycle because continuing with just being busy, doing the work, doing the work, and no change is going to be the same exact situation for the next year. 20 years from now, they'll be stuck in that same boat and they'll end up probably dying at their desk. You know, we've all heard of that accountant that dies at their desk. And, you know, that at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do is just break that cycle because it doesn't have to be like that. When I converted my practice to value pricing around tax planning, um, we tripled fees. Clients were increasingly satisfied because we showed them an ROI in their investment versus just being like, piddle paddle, we're doing compliance work. And then our time was saved because the knowledge is what they're paying for, That all that prior knowledge and experience, not for that time that I'm spending that day, right? So we have to figure out ways to get our time back, uh, so to speak. And that's really, I think, what what I've mastered and that I want to help teach other accountants too. So the red flag is time, productivity, getting stressed, bent out. Might another red flag be progression? I want to move on. I want to progress my career. I want to get to the next level. Do people come to you and talk about that? Well, most accounts that I work with are already firm owners. And so they're pretty much already like where they always wanted to be, like owning my own business, entrepreneur. The problem is that they get stuck in all the crap, you know, the day-to-day load. 
Um, and it's, it's the same mistake that I made when I first started out. Uh, you are a control freak. No one can do the work as good as you. You're worried to hire your first hire, even though it's like all revenue producing to, to hire other people to help you, but you're worried about the cost instead of that revenue. And so you do four people's jobs and get totally burned out when you need to start delegating. I mean, I, I like to tell people get to maybe 60, 70% capacity tops for yourself and evaluate like, oh, this is probably the time to hire someone else. But what accountants are doing is getting to 200% capacity for themselves or 400% capacity for themselves and then trying to hire and then train somebody else how to do things when you're already completely like blitzed, right? So um, it, it's, there's just, Again, we got to break the cycle. That's something that hits us all in that we're lousy with delegation because we think I could spend an hour coaching or teaching somebody delegating this work, but I could do it myself in 15 minutes. Right. But the 15 minutes adds up. The 15 minutes here, the 15 minutes there. And um, there's a reason why uh, <laughs> why humans were invented to rely on each other. And so we're, we're going to have to do that eventually. So get over it and start delegating. So you've said when you're taking on a new coaching client, potentially, you say to them, are you coachable? Is there anything else you ask them in deciding a fit? Uh, well, are you going to implement? Can you implement? Um, they might be super coachable. They might be very receptive, but then they're not going to actually do anything that you say. Um, and that's really, really disappointing. We do have students that are on this kind of bell curve of implementation. And so kind of my most loved students in a way Obviously, the ones that implement right away and are just killing it, those are superstars. But I also find that it's really neat to see some of the laggers, like the ones that are really behind on the bell curve, like something that should have taken them a month to do took like two years. And then I hear from them two years later, it feels like they did nothing that I told them to do. And they finally have it together. And they're like, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. I'm so happy. And I love hearing from those people too, because at least they've moved forward in their own timing, you know, and um, we all have different circumstances that are holding us back from implementation or, or change. And so I, you know, I care for those students just as much as the ones that are killing it, so to speak. Yeah. And, and as a former teacher, we did a lot about motivation, intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. You'll be familiar with those terms, of course. And some people are intrinsically motivated. They drive themselves where others like recognition, and encouragement. How are you on accountability and saying to your coaching clients, hey, if you've not done this by this time, then this is going to happen? And how do they respond to that? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. So again, I think it depends on the student. So I might do that with some because I realize they respond well to that. And then others, it would completely overwhelm and freeze them and they wouldn't be able to progress at all. So it, it just depends on the student and depends on their circumstances. Um, we've had some pretty like drastic life changes happen um, to some of our students and we have to be understanding of that and, you know, pause things or pick back up later and be empathetic, right? Talk to us about the accountant as a coach. We hear a lot these days about advisory services and the accountants going beyond the basic compliance, the tax, the audit, and being more business advisors, trusted advisors, even coaches, consultants, mentors, therapists, psychiatrists, counselors to help the business owners these days. How important is that as a skill set? Well, it's funny you ask that because I realized a few years ago, 
that my wants and needs as a child, like growing up and what I wanted to become has all kind of come together for me, whether I, you know, meant for it or not. So I wanted to be a psychologist. Then I completely switched over to business thinking like, oh, this is going to be easy. But now coaching like branches, both of those things. And so I can be like as involved or uninvolved as I want as a coach um, with tangible things that we can change for people uh, from a, from a personal perspective with, you know, mental, uh, mental health, physical health, stuff like that. There's things that we can't control whatsoever, but we can do a whole lot for an accountant's business that affects their mental and physical health. And so it's really, really exciting to, to be able to do that. You're very big on work-life balance, aren't you, for yourself and for your clients? Yeah, but even I get into these things like, why Why do I have three companies and I'm doing a doctorate right now? I have no idea. What is happening? That is um, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and two kids that are, you know, just getting into school. And But I, I love the challenge. I like to be constantly, like, you know, learning something new. And that's just who I am. So I have to recognize and balance that like on a day-to-day -day basis, but I definitely advocate for time blocking so that you're planning ahead of your week. Like, what do I care about and how am I going to get those things done? Because if you don't plan it, it's not going to get done. And honestly, it's not a priority. You just threw that in there, Jackie, and I appreciate what time blocking is, but just for our listeners and watchers, explain that concept for us. Sure. So it's really just blocking out hours in your week for different activities. And so it would be okay, I'm only going to do client meetings on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then you don't have to worry about looking great on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which I love. Um, it could be, okay, I know I have to do one sales presentation a month or close one deal a month for me to get to my goal next year. Okay, well, make sure that that's blocked in your time each week, spend an hour towards that sales activity so that you know you're going to meet that goal. Also, personal activities. Uh, accountants forget to eat. We like to work through lunch and that's really not good for our health. And so I, I have people block out their lunchtime, um, walking, exercise, blocking out upcoming vacation because, hey, no one is going to do that for you as an entrepreneur. Uh, so there's a lot of things that you can um, block ahead of time and then feel like you're really more in control of your schedule. Aside from time blocking, any more tips for accountants on work-life balance, Jackie? Gosh, so many. <laughs> Uh, I think just continue to listen to podcasts like this, continue to go to conferences, get education, um, be around your peers, get that support, and you're probably going to be in a good direction at that point. And we'll put your contact details on the show notes for the podcast, but just tell us real quick how you help accountants and the way you work, Jackie. Sure. Um, so I help accountants become killer tax planners uh, or figure out the best practices and processes at their firm to where uh, they can kind of have a, a better life, killer life. And you call this concierge accountants, don't you? It is. Yeah. Certified concierge accountants. Um, and then my big focus right now is the tax planning software. It was a big missing component to our industry. Um, this is really just me filling in the gaps of things that uh, people needed and wanted that, that weren't getting produced out there. So tax plan IQ is, uh, you know, what I call kind of my third baby and uh, just focusing on getting the word out and getting more people focused on being able to do tax planning, having the confidence that they can around it as well. We might get you back for another episode on tax planning. Obviously, you really love it. And it's a key important area. 
This has been great, Jackie. Just one more question then. What do you feel the most successful accounting firms are doing right now? What's separating the good ones from the great ones? Niching. They're niching in a very specific area. They're not trying to do it all. And hopefully they're niching in tax planning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I really think that's the way to go. I think that accounts that try to do it all are, are just getting burnout. Um, there's no way to be able to specialize in every possible matter that, that is put on accountant's plates. And so you really have to become that specialist. You have to dive in, you know, go from there just to shine. Jackie Meyer, that's been terrific. Thanks so much for your passion and your insights on today's show. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Influencers in Accounting. Brought to you by Advanced Track. Your access to world-class accounting leaders global influencers and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Thank you for listening to this new Talent in Accounting podcast. This is a relatively new show, but already has over a thousand listeners. So we appreciate you tuning in and sharing the show with your connections. If you have a potentially good guest you'd like to see on the show with some great insights on talent, reach out to me on LinkedIn with a message and we'll follow them up. And as we build this show up, we're looking for a couple of sponsors for whom talent and the accounting finance space is important loads of great opportunities to get your brand out there and show your key messages and even get some of your own guests on the show. Again, drop me a message on LinkedIn to tee up that conversation. And for great podcast content elsewhere, make sure you subscribe to our main show, Accounting Influencers, goes out every Monday. And join the 40,000 listeners in 150 countries for brilliant interviews with the top leaders, experts, and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Finally, why don't you join us and our community with some conversations at our next virtual speed networking session. These are now taking place every two months for accounting, finance, and tech professionals. 75 minutes of speed dating, great discussions, raising your personal profile, making new connections. Go to accountinginfluencers.com to register your free place for our next event. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.